Hey, everybody, welcome to Renewing the Center. If you are listening to this podcast episode on the day of its posting, uh, then I want to say Merry Christmas to you today. Uh, the posting is December 25th, the day of Christmas. We're going to read a very famous passage. Um, we've been in Luke, and we're still in Luke, but we're jumping all the way back to the beginning, to Luke 2, those very famous verses that tell us of the birth of Jesus. I'll read and then just share a couple of thoughts before uh, we turn you loose today. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And then the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things in words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you, God, that as we've been walking through this Advent season, now we have arrived at the birth of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to see, even in our reflection today, uh, things that are true, um, God, that were true 2,000 years ago and are true now. Father, I pray that we would find you, Jesus, in the midst of all the fullness and busyness of life, in the midst of all the hardship of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Merry Christmas, y'all. Before we get into um, shepherds and angels in the night sky, uh, all the beautiful parts of Christmas that we love so much, I want to say this. The fact that Mary and Joseph had to make this journey, um, the fact that they had to, at an advanced stage of pregnancy, travel roughly 80 miles from their home, uh, is a sign that things were not great in Israel. Uh, Rome is a foreign occupying military power, and they are deciding to count people, to compel everyone to travel to their ancestral home, for a census. And Joseph's family is from Bethlehem, where old King David is from. And so they have to make the trip. They do not have a choice. And I think it's telling, essential even, that Jesus arrives at such a time. God arrives on the scene, uh, not when things are fantastic, not when hopes are high, but he comes during a time of darkness, brokenness, and uncertainty. 
I think this reveals one of the fundamental truths about God, one of the beauty and miracle moments of Christmas, which is that God moves toward us when times are tough. God moves toward darkness and need, brokenness, not away from it. Jesus is born at a time of remarkable difficulty in Israel. Jesus is born. It's really good for us to hold this truth that the Savior of the world arrives, but he doesn't arrive with fanfare. He doesn't come with pageantry and parades like a king born or a queen born in a royal palace would have trumpets and horns and parades and feasts, um, festivities. Jesus is born with scandal hanging around him. He's born not in Jerusalem, not even at home in Nazareth. He's born in a tiny village very far from where he'd grown up and where he would grow up. We're also told that when Jesus is born that there's no room for him. Luke actually gives us a very tangible uh, connection to the idea put forth by John. John in John chapter 1 says he came to that which were his own, but his own did not receive him. Mary and Joseph in Luke's gospel literally cannot find a place to lay their heads. They're not received. My gut tells me, and scholars confirm this, that they're just another poor couple in a bad situation, far from home, without resources to make a way for themselves. And they just were invisible. They're poor, they're easy to ignore, and they can't find a place. And I I don't know, maybe it was all booked up. Maybe people had heard about the scandal, um, that they were engaged, not yet married, she's pregnant. At any rate, there is no room for Jesus, and yet he comes anyway. And this simple fact has been with us through the whole Advent season. Even when we do not make room for Jesus, he comes close to us anyway. Maybe right now your life feels crowded, full. Maybe you feel weighed down with either busyness or hurt and heartache. Jesus moves close to us even when we don't feel like there's enough room for him. And if we need any proof that the work of God is not primarily about us, it's not about people like you and me doing the right things, having the right posture, the right attitude all the time. If you need any proof, I want you to consider this. Jesus enters a world that did not welcome him. He comes anyway. The honest parts of me are able to admit that sometimes I struggle to welcome Jesus as he actually came. I wish he was different. I wish he had been more ready-made, bigger, stronger. I wish he had brought an army with him, a team of people to get things going in a hurry. I spend so much of my life in a hurry, wanting things to be better, faster, sooner, wanting to solve problems, get things right. And yet, Jesus enters the world, not just to a poor family 80 miles from his home, a long way from culturally a long way from Jerusalem. He enters the world as a baby. God is not afraid to enter our world of brokenness. And yet he does so sometimes in a way that we would not choose. Maybe today you're facing difficulty or heartache. Maybe there are things that you really want God to engage and you wish he would engage more boldly, bluntly, <laughs> powerfully. This happens to all of us. Babies are entirely dependent. They're totally vulnerable. 
And it's very telling that God entered the human situation as a vulnerable baby. God as an infant is essential to our understanding. There's something about this idea that God would come to us in Jesus as an infant. And I think part of what's essential there is that Mary and Joseph have to make room for him. Paul actually in one of his letters says, I, I pray that Christ would be formed in you. And he uses that word formed. It's almost like uh, pregnancy, that, that there would be room made for Christ to be formed, to grow inside of us. And in that sense, Mary and Joseph are the, the quintessential picture of what it means to make room for God. They make room for Jesus in their literal home, Mary in her actual body. They make room for him. And I would just say to you on this Christmas, the most important decision that we can make is to endeavor going forward to make room for God. Make room in our calendar, make room in our hearts, make room in the relationships that we have for the work of God. The slow, sometimes invisible, sometimes obscure work of God. So what does it look like for you to make room? What does it look like for us to be like Mary, like Joseph in that sense? I believe that Christmas is about making room. It's about making space. It's about noticing things that are easy to ignore. My gut tells me that in my own life, I've missed a lot of the work of God, things the Lord was wanting to do or was actually doing, but I was looking somewhere else. I was busy, distracted, or hoping for something bigger, more epic, maybe. I bet the same is true for you. So today, as you endeavor to make room, as you endeavor to try to notice, I want you to look at your life. And it's so normal for us to focus on the parts of our lives that are not going well. And I get it. Um, <laughs> threats are real. Problems are real. But I want to challenge you today to also look for the parts of your life where you have experienced consolation or comfort, joy, help, hope. That's the work of God. And sometimes I think we just need to notice. We need to be intentional to slow down, to make space and notice. And in my own life, I recognize that when I make space, I notice more. And I believe today is a day for you to make some space and to notice because God is working. I think God wants to know whether we know that he's working. God bless you. See you soon.